Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Uh, I want to end the show here with what I thought was an interesting conversation. So, again, as you know, we love talking about Knicks of the past. And the Knicks, just this past season, won a playoff series for the first time in a decade. Uh, uh, but one of the stars from the 2013 team that actually had won a playoff series in the past says that they should have advanced much further in 2013. So this was Tyson Chandler, who was on the All the Smoke podcast with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes for Showtime Sports, uh, where they discussed that 54-win Knicks team led by Carmelo Anthony, Jarrett Smith, and Jason Kidd. And he says uh, they had all the tools to win it all, but got complacent at the worst time. I want you guys to hear Tyson Chandler's explanation on what happened. With all that talent, why didn't it work? That was a hell of a team, We allowed the success that we had get to us. And we was in chill mode, like... Got complacent. Yeah, like as if we had done something. Uh, and I remember me and Jason was just coming off of the championship from Dallas, and then Jason came, so two years later, uh, we were both trying to, like, speak it into existence, different part of the locker room. So Jason would take certain tasks, I would take certain tasks. And we were rolling. Uh, and then up until... The playoffs for some reason we won the first series and then we got laxed. So we played the Boston series. We should have swept them. Indiana Pacers had wrapped up their series. If we say we should have won five, and then we would have we both would have had just say three or four days of rest or whatever mm-hmm. and then played. We had to play an extra game. So then we finished on Friday. And then game one of the playoffs for the next series was on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was an early game. And we didn't have a, a shoot around. So they, they canceled shoot around, um, which me and Jay were like, wait, no, 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 no. Like we we got we're going to another series. Like we gotta prepare for this team. So Indiana comes in and sneaks game one. So now we behind the eight ball, we win game two, we go to back to Indiana one one. They blitzed us. So we come back to New York down three one. Mm. We win the game in New York. So now we take it back. And then they they ended the series mm-hmm. in Indiana. And then that was that. Mm. I really honestly feel like how we got past that, I, I, don't know, I feel like we we probably, we, we had a legitimate shot to win the chip. That was, Miami was trying to go for the back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I really feel like we would have beat them that year. Mm. So a lot from Chandler there. One, um, saying that essentially uh, them messing around with Boston led them extending the series, which meant less rest for them going into the Indiana series again, if you guys remember, 
Uh, this up 3 0 when um, <laughs> JR Smith inexplicably elbowed Jason Terry in the head, which got him suspended for game four. Knicks lose game four, come back to game five in, in New York inexplicably with JR back, lose game five against a Boston team that looked dead in the water. They didn't uh, beat the Celtics in game six, but of course, that meant shorter rest for the Indiana series. Indiana taking care of their opponent pretty quickly in the first round. So that I think kind of let them by the put them on the eight ball by by Tyson Chandler's marks. And he actually uh kind of criticizes then head coach Mike Woodson, his decision to basically not hold a shoot around practice prior to that series against Indiana. And Indiana won game one at home, which kind of put them on track to uh, win that series. And Nick beat the Knicks in six games. And he says that he thinks the Knicks would have beat the Heat if they got past Miami. The Knicks have you played very well because they I think they won three out of four games against that Heat team that went on to win the championship. So your thoughts on uh Tyson Chandler's assessment. Do you do you do you buy his rationale for why that Knicks team came up short? Yeah, I, I think well first and foremost, I think saying that they would have beat the Heat is a is a bit of a stretch. Um really you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be to be fair to to for his argument, the the Pacers did take that Heat team to seven seven games. games. Yeah, you know, so it wasn't like it was a blowout. I just you know you just think of uh, you know Bosch and Wade and LeBron and those guys, um, and they would obviously go on to beat the Spurs. Um, you know, with Ray Allen playing a huge huge role as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's there's no doubt that that uh, you know, and that and that's kind of the things that uh, you know that that we've talked about before though in terms of you know, taking care of business when you can take care of it, um, how important it is those extra rest days and um, being preparing yeah. for, you know, for your, for the, for the next series, et cetera. Um, those are stuff that, that all plays a part. So it's, it's always interesting. I think one of the cool things about this, you know, kind of new media landscape is we get a lot more honest, forthright opinions from players when yeah. they're talking to other players um, because Tyson Taylor's probably not going to hop on a podcast with another media member. Um, and even if he's on the podcast, um, probably, uh, you know, because he doesn't have a relationship with those guys, um, with, you know, is, is, is not going to be quite as honest and, uh, you know, it's, as, as he was uh, with. So I will say, Tyson, we're cool media guys. If you want to come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, talk about your time with the Knicks. And talk to me and, and have me explain why I drafted you to Team EJ. <laughs> then you should come on Orange and Blue Bloods. Just saying. But but we have seen a lot of this stuff like this summer. Um, and you know, some yeah, some of it's sure. you know gets a, it, it, you can debate whether it's good or not. You know, you get Gilbert Arenas giving hot takes, etc., and, <laughs> and, and those type of things. Um, but I think for the most part, um, you know, uh, JJ Reddick's pot. You know, the, the, you know him talking to current yeah. players, former players. Yeah, I mean, I thought know. Paul George's conversation with yep. Julius Randle was extremely good. Yep, um, and yep. for someone, Julius Randle's even when he has talked to the media, he's a, he seems to be a kind of a quiet guy. So right. I don't think anybody really knows how Julius Randle is. And right. I, I think that that actually ended up being very informative for me. And I think a lot of Nick fans who listened just not just learned about his time in the Knicks, but also like his journey through high school and you know at Kentucky. I think is important considering it's just with World Wide West and 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 Leon kind of start there. So yeah, these these player podcasts, I think, are they definitely serve a a, a positive purpose um, in the media landscape for sure, especially with the NBA guys. 
Yeah, and especially with the Knicks guys, because if yeah. you're if you're gonna look up the set of a long form interview with Julius Randle, Knicks are gonna shoot you down. They're gonna make it as difficult as possible. They're gonna limit mm-hmm. the time. They're not gonna likely not gonna let you get a one on one, et cetera, and pro- kind of dissuade Randle from speaking, even if he wants to, you know, get you know get his side of the story or you know talk about his children and his wife and how important they are. You know, things that would endear him to the fan base and you know think yeah. would benefit the the team and the organization and the player and the brand and yada 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 but this was probably one of those things where you know paul george texted him and said yeah i'm, I'm free on thursday let me stop by you know that that type of thing so yeah um you know that's uh that that's the one benefit i think from this stuff yeah those guys are both ca guys i got the impression those guys are actually pretty well they are good friends i think yeah. julius randall said that you know when he broke his leg the first game of the season the first game of his career the lakers he actually talk to poor George a lot about like the rehab that takes right. to come back from that. So that's where that relationship was formed uh, on the Chandler thing. So I, one thing I will say, I think you're right about is I actually found it very fascinating how he broke down the time, the timeline of like what happens when you win a series and you're playing the next team, because like he, he gives obviously his opinion and him, I guess was Jason Kidd's opinion, which I know for a fact was definitely Jason Kidd's opinion. Cause we know Jason Kidd's a head coach. It's extremely yep. intense when it comes to practices yep. and things like that. He once, uh, with the Bucks, uh, didn't allow his team to have, uh, you know, Christmas with their family, Christmas Eve with their family, because they lost a game in embarrassing fashion on December 23rd and said, you know what? Screw your holidays. Screw your, you know, vacation plans. We're having practice tomorrow, which was to much of the chagrin of that Bucks roster, probably was the beginning of the end for him as the Bucks head coach. But um, but they're saying, hey, we, we need to have a shooting around that next day. But I mean, really think about this. This is a team, it's not a far trip, but this team played a night game in Boston on Friday, a tough game. They they were up by a lot of points, but the Celtics are trying to make a fake comeback to kind of make it interesting. A tough physical game six where Boston's trying to hang on to survive and, and can advance and continue the series. You win that game. Mike, what's that as a decision? Like this is a, uh, you had J.R. Smith playing on a torn meniscus. We learned uh, at the end of the season. You got other guys that you know are definitely beat up. Do you do you hold a shoot around at noon or two a two p.m. the next day? You probably get in to New York probably one two three. You guys are hitting their best two three o'clock in the morning to then go and then play a day game the next day, or do you value rest and time away to kind of recharge and get ready for the next series? That's like, I don't know if there's a right answer to that. It's easy, like, for me, for this to be, oh, like, yeah, they definitely just, you know, were lazy and they didn't think. But I, th- I think Mike Woodson had a real choice there. And I don't – it may have been the wrong one. Like, I'm not saying that, like, he 100% was right on that. But that is a decision. That's not just, oh, I'm just going to give you guys time because whatever, we won a series, let's celebrate, and who cares about the Pacers? I think that that's a real dilemma that NBA teams and big coaches deal with. And it's very interesting to see how these decisions are made, you know, it's unfortunate that we had, uh, you know, I, I love the show Winning Time on HBO. It just got canceled, we learned, last night, which is an absolute shame because it's. I think it's a brilliant show. But some of these little uh, these little things we learn about these NBA teams and, and, and how they work, like these are little things that we don't really think about. So I thought even just that alone was an interesting just kind of conversation and comment by Chandler about that decision. I, I don't necessarily agree with his assessment that they got laxed. Um, I think that, A, I think the Knicks struggled. He, I think he struggled individually with his matchup with Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert dominated him much of that series. Uh, I think you had, again, as I mentioned, Jarrett Smith playing on a torn meniscus. That didn't help as well. I think mentally he's also kind of just got lost after that whole suspension deal. 
Uh, I think that those probably were bigger factors in them not making it. And then Jason Kidd, like, couldn't, he didn't make a shot for like a month. Like, at the end of the day, I think that Knicks team kind of just ran out of steam and ran out of gas and just ran out of time. I do think that had the earlier version of that Knicks team got to see the Miami Heat, that they would have had a great chance to beat them. And I said that at the time. I've always believed that. That Knicks team played extremely confidently against them. Uh, I think Carmelo had a 50-point game on all jump shots during that season against the Miami Heat. They like for whatever reason they played up for those heat games. And beating them in a seven-game series is a whole different ball game. But as you saw, the Pacers, who were not as talented as the Knicks team, gave the Heat all they could handle. I think that the Knicks, that team is one of my you always have your irrational beliefs as a T fan of a certain team. And that's one of them. I have one of them saying, as I said before on the show, that Jeremy Lynn would maybe, you know, would have been a franchise point guard had he stayed with the Knicks. The other one is I think the Knicks absolutely had a shot to beat the Heat that season. Yeah, definitely would have been interesting. Would have been fun series, that's for sure. Oh yeah, um, you know, look. It would have been the only series really where I know they, you know, they had played the Heat maybe the year prior, but it would have been the only time I think where you would have saw Melo versus LeBron yeah. in a playoff series where it felt like, kind of even. Obviously, Heat, you know, had the two Hall of Famers on their team, so they had great players. But that would have been the first time where you say, okay, like Melo versus LeBron, and both teams are really good. The two of the best teams, they were the two best teams in the East that year. Like, that yeah. would have been, like, we were robbed of that matchup. We never saw them in the finals when Melo was in Denver and LeBron was in Cleveland or Miami. Um, and then, of course, you know, when they played in the playoffs, you know, Meyer Steinmeier, you know, punched a fire extinguisher, and the Knicks were just kind of crawling to the playoffs that year. They were not the team uh, that was going to be able to compete with the Heat. So, like, we were robbed of that, and it's unfortunate, you know. But I, I think a lot of you know, some of Chandler saying this, I think, is him kind of absolving himself of blame. I mean, this guy was the reigning defensive player of the year and an all-star that season, the only all-star team he made. And, um, again, he, he 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 let a guy who was very inferior to him uh, dominate him for much of that series, which was a big reason why they didn't win. And you talk about the difference between today's NBA and even just – that's just a decade ago. Roy Hibbert would essentially be unplayable in today's NBA. And he was a huge factor in that series. So Tyson probably – you know, should accept some responsibility there as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, you got a guy like Hibbert, as you mentioned, completely unplayable in today's NBA. Crazy. Like Tyson Chandler would still play in the NBA. Yes. Tyson Chandler yes. was actually <laughs> very similar to Mr. Robinson, but like a yes. very good free throw shooter, which is kind of crazy. Yes. He shot like 80%. Um, yeah. Even though he never took jump shots. He's a good free throw shooter, an absolute elite defensive uh, anchor, great guy in terms of a lob guy and a rim runner and an and a, and a uh you know, uh, alley-oop tar- threat. I mean, Tyson Chandler would absolutely still play in the NBA and be fine. But then again, a guy where Hibbert could not play in today's NBA. They would run pick and rolls at, at yeah. Hibbert all day long and, and run them off the floor. Yeah. But yeah, that next team. And, and the last thing on this too, I think the Chandler harping on the complacency thing I don't. I think it's coming from a place that's not like inaccurate. I think that the next season, I think they came in one hundred percent complacent. Yeah, 
because that was a Knicks team that did not make the playoffs after winning 54 games. They got off to this absolutely wretched start where they might have been like four and 12, four and 13, something crazy, where they just couldn't win a game. It was crazy. And I think that that definitely was a team that came in complacent given what they had done the previous year. And I think that that he's maybe kind of conflating that season, that 2014 season, with how they ended 2013, where that was a team where, you know, kid was shot, Jared Smith had a bum knee, and um, and, and they legitimately, I thought, ran out of gas. They were an old team. They might have been the oldest team in the NBA that season. Um, so it, it, was, it was a true – we talk about, you know, this Jets uh, team we have in New York City that, you know, a two-championship robust team that, you know, now is – lamenting the fact that they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that, to me, Knicks team was a true championship robust team. They went all in on older guys, older vets. Kenyon Martin, Rasheed Wallace was on the team. Kurt Thomas got some minutes earlier that season. I mean, they went all in on old vets and, 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 and Carmelo Anthony, basically, and saying, hey, could we piece together a team that could make a run? And it, it, the team, they were, they were the Knicks tape, as we called them back then, and and they, they definitely resonated with the fans. But for some reason, I think there's a lot of disappointment when we think about them because we think they should have went further. Unlike this team from last season, where I think a lot of people yeah. look at them in a, a much different light. True. A lot of it's, you know, perspective coming into the, you know, opinion coming into the season, et cetera. And just looking at it, it's wild that that, you know, you talk about that team going from 54 to 37 wins. No, the Knicks haven't had a team finish above 500 in consecutive seasons other than the lockout year. Um Mm. And they went 42 and 40 and then 36 and 30. And then obviously 54 and team, but this Knicks team could be the first team to win. More, let's call it more than 42 wins in consecutive seasons for the first time since 1999, 2000 and 2000, 2001, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. I think that this, that Knicks team is, a, is in some ways a cautionary tale for yeah. this Knicks team. You know, like right. we, and that is one of the reasons that I think some Knicks fans are kind of like, skittish about how to feel about what yep. this team is going to do this season because we've been here before we've seen a team uh make great strides win a playoff series you think okay next season is guaranteed that you're going to be uh making a run and it doesn't happen so i think that that's going to be uh something that this current Knicks will have to follow but shout out to Tyson Chandler for his candidacy and the candidacy and that, that. and also again we want to talk Knicks basketball on the blue Bloods. love to hear talk love to talk more about your time as a New York man.